Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. Have you seen the movie Inception? Have I? I love that movie. Yeah, that's the the movie where they're in dreams within dreams within dreams, and there's all kinds of crazy trippy imagery and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, and they're like running on the walls and stuff, and then there's the little top. Anyway, um, if you haven't seen that movie, you should see that movie. Uh, It doesn't really directly relate to what we're going to talk about, but the images that we're going to be talking about from a particular Google blog are kind of Inception-esque. Uh, yeah, and I think they've. Uh, the reason we're all thinking about Inception on this is that the the title of this blog post is Inceptionism. They're really embracing how like weird and cool uh, some of these neural net based images are. So let's talk about it. All right, you are listening to Linear Digressions. So Inceptionism going in going deeper into neural nets. This is a Google blog post that was posted by a bunch of software engineers at Google, and I sent it to you because I thought the images were pretty. And I figured you could maybe talk a little bit more about what is making the images. Right, right. So we've talked a little bit about neural nets already. The idea of a neural net is that you have these different layers uh, sort of in in the the structure of the machine learning algorithm. And it's meant to mimic the the neural structure and connections that you have in your brain. Right. So the, the image goes into layer one. Layer one does something. We don't know what it is. And then that spits something out to layer two and layer two does something else. And then into layer three and layer four, however many layers deep. And by the end, hopefully you have some output which describes what's in the image. Right. So some of the classic examples is you might try to, you feed it in pictures and some of the pictures are horses and some of them are cars and some of them are chairs and it tries to label them correctly, for example. Yeah. And Google's been doing amazing work with this too. Yeah, it's one of the most, I think, exciting and interesting sort of technologies out there for all kinds of, of uh, kind of sophisticated applications. And so what these guys at Google did was they, in some ways, went the other direction. Uh, so they kind of see the neural net with some random noise. Okay. Um, and then they say, they put this into a neural net that, for example, is supposed to describe like a banana. Okay, so and- so this is a neural net that is trained to to recognize pictures of bananas to to see an image and say, yeah, that's a, that's a picture of bananas. No, that's not a picture of bananas. Yeah. And then they kind of run the neural net sort of in reverse is the way that I think about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can imagine that the way that a neural net usually works is it takes a picture and then it breaks it apart to figure out what's in there. But if you have a description of a picture, if you ran it in the other direction, you could come out with a picture as an output instead of as one of the inputs. Mm, interesting. Okay. And so then you feed in sort of random noise to one of these algorithms that's kind of looking for a banana and it does its thing. And then the thing that comes out looks kind of like a banana or it, it doesn't look like a banana exactly. It looks like sort of a melange of banana ends and middles and pieces <laughs> and they're all like kind of mixed together. But you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, that, you know, I can I, see I can how see like a there's banana. a banana in there. Huh. That's really cool. Um, so banana essence, if you will. Yes, yes. Although it's kind of funny. So they did this with a bunch of different uh, sort of trainings that they had done. And one of the examples that I think is really funny is they did it with uh, dumbbells, like the weights that you would use yeah, for like, yeah. your bicep curls at the gym. So they trained a neural net on a bunch of pictures of dumbbells, and then it figured out what it was in order where you could put in a picture of dumbbells, and it would say, hey, that's a dumbbell picture. No, that's not a dumbbell picture. But what, so what, what happened when they ran it in reverse? 
Uh, well, did, did you see this picture? Actually? Uh, no, I, no, I haven't. Okay, this one's pretty funny. So they have pictures, and you can tell that there's dumbbells in the pictures, but all of the dumbbells have uh, kind of this skin-colored thing coming out of the middle of it, which is sort of saying that it's always expecting a dumbbell to have an arm <laughs> attached oh, to it, wow. which tells you that all the pictures of dumbbells that they have are of weightlifters. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So so when they're training, so th- that means, I guess, when they're training the neural net, and they're passing it in all of these pictures of dumbbells. It's not necessarily just locking onto the dumbbell itself. It's it's locking onto also the arm that's always attached to the dumbbell because most pictures of dumbbells have arms of you know people lifting them. Yeah, so it's a little bit funny in that sense. One of the things that can be one of the things I think is really neat about this study is a, a common complaint about neural nets is that they can be black boxy. It can be a little bit tough to tell what a neural net is thinking. When you are able to look at some of these pictures that it generates, it becomes a lot clearer sort of how a neural net would, for example, identify a dumbbell. And as it happens, the identification for a banana, it's looking for like kind of a curved yellow long tube thing Uh, for a dumbbell. It's looking for a thing that looks like a dumbbell with also an arm attached. So Mm -hmm. like this would be a slight, you know, you might want to like tweak your your training a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. for this one. But it's uh, it's kind of funny that you can you can see inside of its brain a little bit. Yeah, so this takes, I guess, uh, this takes neural nets, and instead of you put in an image, magic happens, who knows, and then out spits, out is spat an answer, you can see a little bit more inside. So we talked about before where they could, I guess, like reach in, in between, let's say, layer one and layer two, or in between layer two and layer three, and kind of see in what ways the neural net had transformed the image. Yeah, so a neural net will take an image and then the first layer might be just looking for edges in the yeah. image and like dark and light. And then in the second layer, you might get uh, dark, light, dark, or you get uh, slightly more sophisticated patterns in the pixels. And so then as you start to layer all these different types of patterns that you see on top of each other, you, you get closer and closer to something that looks like a chair or a banana or mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So in this case, rather than reaching into the neural net as it's doing identification, we're going the opposite way and telling it, hey, what's the most chair-like thing that you can make uh, or the most banana-like thing, right, (laughs) that you can make given this somewhat random input, which normally could be output? Yeah, although there's another thing that they did with this um, was they fed it pictures of, you know, famous pieces of art or pictures of of animals, but then they would truncate the neural net, maybe a layer or two, they'd cut a couple layers like off of one end or the other. And so then what you get back is you get something that's very similar to the original picture that you put in, but it has some of that sort of like a neural net texture to it Mm, almost. Kind of, Um, kind of surreal. Yeah, exactly. Plus Photoshop filters is kind of what it looks like. Exactly, exactly. It's like, imagine they have a really pretty picture of like a couple of antelope, and then it gets redrawn by the neural net, and it has these tile, instead of being like a a photograph, it has tiles of color that are kind of end up in these like lines next to each other. And so it looks like this very pretty like piece of art. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it looks almost like somebody painted it with some kind of a digital brush or something. Yeah, It's it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. So, so I guess then at this point in the article, we're kind of talking about not just trying to pull uh, logical or mathematical meaning or utility out of it. 
it's almost like we're creating art using these neural nets. Yeah. So the last thing that they did, and, and I think this is where the inceptionism idea really comes from, is they started to go through this process. But then, so at the end, you might get a picture that looks like a banana or, you know, sure. whatever. Or you might say to the neural net, like, what do you think this it is? This is, And it comes up with some random answer in the same way that you come up with random answers when you look at clouds and you say, mm. what does this cloud look like? And then it'll zoom in sort of on the aspects of the picture that look most like a banana and then amplify them and feed it back through the neural net again. And so you can oh. go through a few iterations of this and it starts to really zoom in on the features that it has identified as something and and amplifies them and repeats them. And so you get these very um, interesting patterns uh, that look like a lot of them look kind of like landscapes. I think that's because a lot of the training images they have are pictures of landscapes. Wow. So you're, nature. you're literally connecting one side, one end of the neural net back to the beginning or back to the bit. other side. Yeah. And they're going extremely around beautiful. Times. You know, some of these, some of these look like uh, MC Escher paintings, like where you'd have, or, or, or almost fractal-esque, right? Where they would take the output of this neural net or whatever the operation they were doing, and they would like zoom it out a teeny bit and then feed it back in. And so you'd get this kind of almost like, um, almost like the kind of a effect that you get when you point a camera at a television, which is showing the output of the camera. Uh, yeah. Like I used to do that with this uh, VHS camera that was massive when I was a kid. And you get this this really kind of crazy, spirally, infinite depthy image. Or like when you look at two mirrors that are parallel to each other. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if, if you want to get really meta about it, I mean, this is this is a, a computer kind of thinking about something, right? Oh, okay. Like, now, this is, this is interesting. I originally found this Google uh, blog post from a link from an article that, that someone put on. Uh, in fact, it was, it was on cbc.ca, but I think a lot of people reported on this as a story in this way. Things like, uh, Google reveals what machines dream about in trippy photo series. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, I get why they're saying that. Because, like, if you imagine that computer processes are thought, if you will, and I'm putting that in air quotes right now, mm -hmm. that this is what machines think about then I, I guess you could say like, okay, this kind of trippy, weird stuff might be what they dream about if they start connecting weird things to other weird things that they normally wouldn't, right? But at the same time, I think it kind of obscures the, the beauty of it. There's something incredible about not just the images that it produces, but the fact that the images are actually produced by these algorithms that we've created that have use in the real world but they've just connected them in different ways. So, you know, like a, a, a friend of mine actually originally sent this to me and said like, whoa, this is really weird and trippy. And I guess this is what machines dream about. But like, wouldn't it be so much cooler to say, this is how humans told the machine to connect itself. And then the machine spat out this amazing stuff, which is the product of these ridiculously complex algorithms that we use every day. Like, there's something more beautiful about that. And I wish the story was was covered a little bit more like that. Well, I guess maybe the way you could think about it is, uh, you know, we think of ourselves in some sense. I mean, if these machine algorithms are learning, and we call it machine learning, then That's us true. 
setting up the algorithm and feeding them images is us teaching them in a sense. So it's kind of like if you were a teacher and you, you have a student and you, you teach them to the best of your ability, you say like, okay, here's how you do like this. Mm. And sometimes, you know, that's all they're going to be able to do. But sometimes if you push them in just the right way, they'll like go do something totally different than what you would have ever told them to do just based on your own thoughts. And, and that's yeah. them being independent in a, a very uh, interesting way. But but they wouldn't have been, I don't know, maybe I, I'm I don't overreaching know. here. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just grumpy and, and I'm like, no, nah, computers are deterministic and, you know, this is... Yeah, I mean, they are deterministic. I mean... Um, but but then again, I mean, I don't but, know. But, maybe but we, purposely, we purposely set them up so that, like, we, we seed these uh, neural nets with, like, when we initialize them before we yeah. start the training process, we initialize them using these sort of pseudo-random numbers that we've talked okay. about. So they're That's deterministic once you once you set the original parameters and you've defined sort of all of your, your various training parameters in your data set and things like that. But there's sort of a, a semi-infinite number of, of ways that they could be configured. So there, it's, yeah. not, it's not like there's only one answer for what a neural net would think a banana looks like or something. Sure, sure. Anyway, we're getting rather far afield here. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. And then just to put the code on this before we leave, I thought okay. this was too. Um, one of the other applications we talked about for neural nets is auto-captioning images. Yeah, we talked and, about that a while back. Yeah, and so one of the groups that works on that project, took these images and, and fed them into one of their auto-captioning programs. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. And so some of them are pretty funny. You know, it's, you look at it and it's like, oh, it's a, a, a field of animals. And you're like, okay, yeah, it looks sort of like there's a bunch of animals in a field. There's one I really like though. So they, they fed in Edward Munch's The Scream, this very famous picture. Mm-hmm. And they asked the neural net, what do you think this is? And it captioned it as, a large piece of cake with a colorful design on it. Oh. <laughs> um, and then there was a slightly different version of the same picture, just depending on exactly the w- where you started cutting into the neural net, that was captioned as a large brown bear sitting on the side of a road. <laughs> Which is actually not that crazy if you yeah. look at the screen. He's standing sort of on a, on a bridge or something, but mm. uh, not, not a bear, definitely not a piece of cake. <laughs> So I think we may have reached the limits maybe of of how many layers deep we're going to go with this one right now. But it's pretty cool, I think. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.